True followers of Jesus Christ should lead their communities as good citizens. This is our moment to represent God in our nation. Today, we join Scott Pauley in studying what the Bible says about the Christian and his country. If I were to ask you today, what is the greatest need of our nation? Immediately I would get a number of answers. People would say, well, we have great economic needs or we have political needs or there are moral things that need to be addressed. But I would say to you, the greatest need of every nation is always spiritual. Because if you get that right, everything else grows and flows out of that. And if that is true, then what is the first thing that we as God's people should be doing? Our first work must be our prayer work. We need God. And that's exactly the message that we find in 1 Timothy chapter 2. Beginning in verse number 1, Paul wrote, I exhort therefore that first of all. Would you mark that phrase in your Bible and in your heart? First of all. Someone may say, first things first. Well, this is the first work. First of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. For kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. It was John Bunyan that said that we can do more than pray after we've prayed, but we can do nothing until we've prayed. That's exactly right. The famous evangelist D.L. Moody once said that every great movement of God can be traced to a kneeling figure. If we want to see a great move of God in our land, then we as believers must move nearer to God ourselves. The only way we can move forward, my friends, is on our knees, and that means that the first and greatest work, this is divine priorities, the first and greatest work is the work that is done not in public but in private. It is the work that is not first toward men, it is first toward God. You see, when we pray, God goes to work. And don't we all agree? We need more than what man can accomplish in this time in history. We need what only God can do. So how does that happen? It's all about prayer. I want you to notice several things in the verses we've read together. First of all, notice that he tells us what kind of prayer. He uses a number of different uh, words, specific words, and every word means something. In verse number 1, he said supplications. That is a word that is for the most earnest kind of prayer. This is specific prayer, very fervent prayer, concentrated prayer. You see, we need more than just the normal kind of praying. We pray over meals and pray before we go to bed and pray to start a church service. No. No, we need designated, specific seasons of prayer set aside to seek the Lord's face. When was the last time you truly made supplication, not just simply said a prayer? I want to challenge you to begin to concentrate your prayers on specific things. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Then he uses the word prayers. That's the word most commonly used. It is a more general word for prayer, but it is to encompass our whole life. Remember, we're to pray without ceasing. All through the day, we must be praying. So there are definite seasons of prayer, and then there is prayer that permeates every part of our life. And then we get to what I think is the highest level of prayer. He says intercessions. 
Now, why do I consider that to be the highest level of prayer? Because that's the kind of praying that Jesus is doing at this moment. Remember, He's seated at the right hand of the Heavenly Father, and He ever liveth making intercession for you and I. Jesus is praying for you today. Praise God for that. Who are you praying for? You see, when we begin to intercede for the needs of others, bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ, actually then you're entering into the kind of praying that Jesus is doing. You're entering into the Lord's work with Him. You're agreeing with Christ in prayer for others. We'll come back more to that thought of intercession in just a moment, but suffice it to say we shouldn't just be praying for our own needs. You know, in difficult days, in perilous times, the temptation is to get very self-centered. And uh, that comes out in our praying. We're praying all for us and for those that we know and love, those who are nearest to us. But friend, don't stop there. Let your prayers reach out where you cannot. You see, God's not bound by geography, and your prayers can go where you cannot. So make intercession. And then he says, and giving of thanks. I love this, that he includes praise in the prayer. So we're giving of thanks to God. You see, thanksgiving is the key that opens the door to prayer. We enter into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. We're told in another place that we're to make supplication with thanksgiving. So don't forget in these days while you're asking God to do big things, to give Him praise for what He already has done, for what He is doing, and by faith for what He's going to do in answer to that prayer. Thanksgiving will increase your faith, my friend. And so He tells us in verse 1 what kind of praying should be done. Then He tells us who the praying should be made for. He begins this way, for all men. So this is pretty good. You can't pray for the wrong person. Pray for everybody. We should pray for everybody to come to know the Lord as their Savior. In fact, he repeats that expression. In verse 1 he says, prayer should be made for all men. And in verse 4 he says, who will have all men to be saved and to come into the knowledge of the truth. You can always know you're praying in the will of God when you're praying for any person to come to know God in a personal way. You can pray for anyone to come to know the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. I wonder, do you have a prayer list of souls? Do you have individuals you're praying to be brought to the Lord Jesus Christ? We want to reach a whole nation. How do you reach a nation? One soul at a time. And so begin to pray for all men. And then he says, pray for all that are in authority. He mentions kings. In our particular uh, political context, we don't have kings. But we have a president. We have a vice president. We have governors and mayors. Uh, we have elected officials. They need our prayers. Pray that God will give them wisdom. Pray that God will guide them. Pray that God will protect them. We pray for those that are in authority. May I go so far as to say this? Don't lift your, your voice to criticize people that you're not willing to pray for. The greatest thing you can do with your complaint is turn it to God. and See, God can do more than you can with it. And uh, your prayer will do more than your complaining. And so pray for all men and pray for all that are in authority. Then he tells us not only what kind of praying and who to pray for, but he tells us why. And there are three wonderful reasons. First of all, it'll do us good. The Bible says that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. Isn't that what we all want? A quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty? Well, how do you get there? Through prayer. So through prayer, God is going to work in our lives. Secondly, we're praying not only for our own needs, but we're praying for the needs of others. Remember, He wants all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Verse 6 says, He gave Himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. So it's good for us, it's good for others. But ultimately, the great reason that we pray must always be for the glory of God. Listen to verse number 3. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. 
The great motive to prayer should not be our relief or someone else's need. The great motivation of prayer should be all to the glory of God. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done uh, on earth as it is in heaven. Let your prayers begin with God and lead to God and then you'll know how to truly pray in a way that honors Him. I leave you with verse number 8 of the same chapter. 1 Timothy 2 verse 8 says, I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. You can't pray in the wrong place, but you can pray in the wrong way. So by the grace of God, let's get our hearts and our hands clean. Let's get all sin out of our life. Let's get what they used to call on praying ground so that then everywhere for everyone, at every time, we can truly pray and make intercession. The first great need of our nation is spiritual. And the first thing we can all do is pray. Will you join us today in doing the most important work, the one great need of our nation, and that is for a praying people. We are grateful for our nation and for the opportunity to serve God in this generation. Ask God to use you to make a difference right where you are. For additional Bible studies, visit us at scottpauley.org. We look forward to studying God's Word with you again on the next Enjoying the Journey.